0: Howdy do! I'm James Bakay, also known as the Temple Guy. Two temples, in or near the city of Ningbo in Zhejiang Province, in one day? Yes, please. We'll cover the first one in this episode of Temple Tales. The ancient city of Ningbo exhibits evidence of a major culture, the Hemudu, dating back to fifty-five hundred to thirty-three hundred B.C.E. The city lies on the south side of Hangzhou Bay, across from that more famous upstart, Shanghai. Today, Ningbo's port is the fourth busiest in the world. Shanghai is number one. Ningbo's character as a port city plays a significant role in all three of the temples I visited there. The city was also one of the eastern Termini of the Silk Road. The morning after I returned from Putuoshan, the people I was staying with hired a car and driver and took me to two temples. The one we visited in the afternoon was fairly easy to reach, lying as it did on a main highway. We'll visit that one next week. But the first one was a proper mountain temple situated six or eight miles off the highway and over 20 miles outside of the city. It would have been tough to reach by public transportation. Though there is a rural bus, heaven knows how I would have figured out where to get on it. There, in the wild mountains, we found Tian Tong Se, the Temple of the Heavenly Child, it was founded in the year 300 though most of what we see today was built in the ming dynasty or later a fire had destroyed most of its buildings in 1587 and it was rebuilt around a half century later it was closed and looted during the cultural revolution but repair and replacement began in 1979 by 1983 there was enough there to justify its place on the key temple list i was pursuing today Tong is a huge complex with dozens of ochre colored plaster and red-painted wood buildings, marching up the mountainside. Wikipedia claims there are 700 halls and rooms in total. I doubt that. It's also a major destination for pilgrims, especially those from Japan. That's because around 1225, a Japanese monk named Dogen Zenji arrived here. Remember the importance of the port at Ningbo? And ended up studying with the great monk Ru Jing of the Chaodong sect of Chan, or Zen. Two-and-a-half years later, Dogen returned to Japan and founded the Soto-Zen sect, which today claims millions of followers in Japan and throughout the world. The monk Ru Jing, who lived from 1163 to 1228, was a local boy born near Ningbo, who after wandering quite a bit and heading temples elsewhere, finally settled back at Tiantong Mountain. His full name is Tiantong Rujing. The Japanese call him Tendo Nyojo. Tiantong in his name indicates that this temple was his main teaching seat. A 23rd generation descendant of the Chan or Zen founder Bodhidharma and the 16th patriarch of the Chaodong sect, his greatest claim to modern fame is that he taught Dogen. Andy Ferguson, in his magisterial Zen's Chinese Heritage, writes that Ru Jing was, quote, among the most poetically expressive of all the Zen ancients, end quote, and translates such gems as, quote, Gouge out Bodhidharma's eyeball and use it like a mud ball to hit people, end quote. This perhaps suggests that people should learn to see things as Bodhidharma, the first John Patriarch, did. See episode 038 for more on him. Another bon mot. The clouds mindlessly drift past the mountain cliffs. Four years ago, or just yesterday, is today. In due course, water runs to its source. Four years hence, or just today, is yesterday. Strangely, this one reminds me of a Stephen Wright jibe that went something like, The other day. No, that was four years ago. Anyway. Ru Jing's brand of chan, Cao Dong, was possibly named for two of its progenitors, Dongshan Liangjie, who lived from 807 to 869, and one of his Dharma heirs, Cao Shan Benji, who lived from 840 to 901. Others think that Cao came from Cao Xi Brook, where Hui had his seat. Although most Zen looks the same to outsiders, Soto, the Japanese pronunciation of Zao Dong, and Rinzai, the Japanese pronunciation of Linji, do differ, but only in some fine points. Both use sitting meditation, or Zazen, and learning riddles called koans, but Soto emphasizes the former and Rinzai the latter. Likewise, Rinzai is perceived of as a bit more rigorous than Soto. Now, when Eihei Dogen, also called Dogen Zenji, or Dogen the Zen Guy, who lived from 1200 to 1253, returned to Japan and introduced Soto, where Rinzai was already happening, it grew to become the largest of the traditional sects of Zen. Dogen founded Eheji in 1244. Today, this and Sojiji, see episode 071, are the main headquarters of Soto Zen. Getting out of Mr. Fan's The Driver's Car... We faced a prodigious pond next to what appears to be one of the largest screen walls I've seen before or since. It's slightly curved, or more like bent, with two small angles, I suspect to keep it from falling over. Behind it was the usual Heavenly King's Hall, built in 1936 to replace the 1635 version, which was destroyed by fire in 1932, and followed up the hill by the typical layout. A Buddha Hall, the temple's oldest building dating to 1635, then a Dharma Hall and Sutra Repository from 1932. There are lots of little structures, though not 700, around this axis. One of these includes a glass-encased jade Buddha. Steep stairs climb the hillside passing a lovely little courtyard with a blue dragon spring and a pavilion where you can come aside and rest. At the top, a corridor contains replicas of the famous In Temple portraits of the 16 Arhats. See episodes 057 and 058. I cannot ascertain if these are some of the stone tablets engraved at the behest of the Qianlong Emperor in 1764, but it wouldn't surprise me. As we approached the temple by road, and from several vantage points on the grounds, we saw a tall pagoda on the hillside to the temple southeast, rising up above a lush bamboo forest. This is the Little White Pagoda, tomb of the eminent monk Yuan Ying, who lived from 1878 to 1953, first master of the still-powerful Buddhist Association of China, which was rebuilt in 1983. There are actually two Taiyuan or Pagoda Compounds, located on other parts of the mountainside. One of these evocative cemeteries has pagodas which mark the remains of abbots going back to the founder, Yi Xing. Another pagoda marks the remains of Ru Jing himself. We had a hard time finding the compound and ended up having our driver take us up to it in the car. It was not far from the pagoda we had been seeing. It was unfortunately locked, but we peeked through the gate, unable to determine which pagoda covered whom. There's apparently a much older temple, Gu, or Old Tiantong, farther up the mountainside, an original site of the temple. Had I known, I might have tried to find it. The area is reportedly dotted with the remains of old pagodas. Our next stop was lunch in a country diner before we pushed on to our next temple. Until next time, then, may you and your loved ones and all sentient beings be well and happy. Adios, amigos. Please check out the newsletter, which serves as the show notes for this episode, number zero eight two, at templetales.substack.com. It has pictures and links, and at that address, you'll also find the archive with all of the newsletters. I think it'll make you happy. In the next episode, finally moving away from the environs of Osaka, we enter ancient Nara to visit Minami Hokeji, also called Sakadera and its unique marble carvings from India.